of free agency. And another Bengal is out the door. Samaj P. Ryan is the latest Bengal leaving Cincinnati. He is headed to Rocky Mountain Country. Welcome into another free agent edition of the Strictly Stripes podcast. Got the whole crew here with you, Muhammad Ahmad and Andrew Gills and Mike Nislik. And uh, jumping into it, guys, uh, according to Mike Garofalo of NFL Network, Samaj P. Ryan is headed to the Denver Broncos. It's his third team in six years and his fourth overall stint with the team. A two-year, $7.5 million deal. He can get up to a $1 million in incentives. Uh, so it looks like he, for what he's worth, is getting paid on his terms in Denver. Uh, so that pretty much leaves the Bengals with Joe Mixon and Chris Evans among active running backs because Travion Williams is also a free agent. So that's another name to look at uh, in terms of free agency. But I mean, what do you guys think? Do you think uh, this is the right move? Do you think the Bengals wish they could keep him? Or, I mean, what do you make of Samaj P. Ryan taking his talents out west? I mean, if, if it's a you know $7.5 million deal, as it was reported, um, you know that's just under four. Uh, you're talking about Joe Mixon, who at his current cap number uh, is just shy of 12.8. So, you know, you'd be talking about some significant cap space uh, allotted to running backs. Um, you know, I pulled this up earlier. Uh, if you look at the last 14 Super Bowls and the leading rusher uh, for those teams with their base salary, um, the leading guy in terms of money was uh, Percy Harvin with the Seahawks, his base salary that year was two and a half million dollars. Um, so when you've already got Joe Mixon, who's kind of making that much money, it makes a lot of sense. I think we kind of knew going in that, you know, either if, if Mixon was gone, then maybe P. Ryan could come back. Um, but if Mixon was still going to be here, I, I think it was kind of clear that Samaje wasn't. So uh, I think it was, a you know, financially a smart move. You're going to miss him in the passing game and kind of what he can provide in terms of pass blocking and receiving. But um yeah, it, it just financially, I don't think it made a lot of sense. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I, I, I it's surprising in the sense that, um, I don't know, that running back group now looks pretty thin. I, I mean, I don't know what to make of Chris Evans. Uh, it doesn't seem like the team, I mean, unless something kind of changes course here, really envisions him, I think, as a running back of the future. And you got Joe Mixon, uh, who, I mean, I, I don't think is trending upwards. And so, um, you know, it's one of those things that, uh, you know, one of these next moves coming because right now, obviously, another day goes by. Um, you lose more depth. You lose um, a guy that you know I, I thought was a, a you know a solid sort of NFL backup. Um, and you know now what? Um, you know I'm not sure. I mean they're they're going to need uh, at least probably you know maybe resign Travion. You only need one running back, but obviously a move here needs to be made, whether it's the draft or not. Uh, but if it's the draft, then you lose a lot of experience, you know. Um, so it'll be interesting to see here over the next couple of days when these other dominoes start to fall because in a vacuum, um, you know, the Bengals seem to be, you know, nervous about spending money, but where where, where are they going to invest here in this free agent cycle? You know, I understand the extensions are coming for some of their big-name guys, but um, got to do something here. Yeah, I think, you know, like Andrew said, financially it made sense, but to Mike's point, it's it's kind of interesting because he was a very valuable player. I mean, you know, he played 65% of the snaps in the AFC Championship. Nixon played 35. Um, 
One of his biggest strengths, like we've talked about, was his pass blocking ability, especially if you look in on his third down pass blocks. Uh, so, yeah, it is a tough loss. And I mean, something has to be done, whether they want to go in the draft and draft someone early or, I mean, as far as free agency goes, like just kind of looking at the list of names and that cheap market value. I mean, within the division, you've got Kareem Hunt. Looks like he's not headed back to Cleveland. Um, and then you also have, for example, Jarek McKinnon from the Kansas City Chiefs, although he's a little bit on the older end. He's 30. But as far as other young guys, I mean, and again, I don't know if this is as cheap as the Bengals want to go, but Jamal Williams from Detroit. Do you want to do a reunion with Rex Burkhead, who I don't think that's likely, but I just tossed that name out because he was a one-time Cincinnati Bengal. Um, there's a bevy of names. I mean, Miles Sanders, I think you mentioned him yesterday, Andrew. There's options in free agency, but I guess kind of the yeah, question if is, like, gonna you... spend, if they're not going to spend on Samaje, if, you know, 3.5 or whatever a year is too yeah. much, you know, if that's Seven not going to budget, with, yeah. I mean, almost all those names you mentioned are going to be way out of their, Cream Hunt, I mean, that's, that's just, you know, not even a, That's about, that's a about dream. 4 million according to spot track. So, I mean, you know, that's just not going to happen. I mean, I, I don't know if – I don't know how much I view this as a negative because, um, frankly, I, especially with this offense, I'm like I know we're going back into a like, a very, like, old Twitter trope on, on football Twitter, but, like, I don't know how much running backs really matter. Um, like, you you got to be able to run the ball a little bit, but, like uh, – Damian Pierce got drafted in the fourth round last year. You, you, I'm, I know it's a, it's a, it's much easier said than done than just saying you know oh find the next Damian Pierce. But like you can find a serviceable back in the third round, the fourth round, the fifth round, the sixth round. Like you can get somebody. Isaiah Pacheco was but at the seventh point, round. Pick. Like, like if they don't start filling, <laughs> well, Isaiah Pacheco was. Well, yeah, I mean really it's rare. like it, it, at, some at some point, point you, they don't start filling some of their, their needs. They don't have enough draft picks available in a, in a good spot to sort of assume that they can get players. Like, say they don't resign Hayden, they don't resign Eli. Uh, well, you need a corner, you need a safety, you need a running back, you need a tight end. Probably actually need two safeties. But so you know, you need a right tackle. So it's like you need a defensive tackle. Where are you? But I, mean, you I, what, you gotta, I mean, if you all the things that you just listed. Um, if you do running back last, like if you go into the draft with a handful of needs and one of those needs is running back, that's fine. Like I, I, I don't think this is this necessarily has to be a free agent addition. Like if if they go into the draft and it's Chris Evans and Joe Mixon, okay, sure. Like you can find a guy and you can find a guy in the third round. Like I, I just I don't I think you got to take care of your other needs first. And with running back, it is so hit or miss sometimes that do you really want to invest? You know, like I mean, if by the grace of God, if Bijan Robinson is there somehow, the Bengals obviously need to very seriously consider taking him. Obviously, it depends on the board, but like you, if Bijan's there, you pretty much have to take him uh, at twenty-eight. But he's not going to be there, so. I, I don't know. I just like I think that you can get a guy in the third round and, and kind of worry about some other some other needs later. Now, obviously, you need to fill those other needs. Uh, I actually think you could make an argument that you know if they were to invest in, uh, I know you said you know if they're not going to invest in a, you know, the guys that Muhammad mentioned because of money related reasons, like but let's just say they sign a Kareem Hunt or whatever. I think you could make a case that. That might not be the best money management if you're going to go into the draft with a hole at safety, with a hole on your defensive line, with a hole wherever you want to say. 
Well, so yeah, Andrew, let me ask you that they're ahead, losing Mike. a lot of depth so far in free agency. Uh, sure. And at some point, I just think you're going to run out of, you know, you can't rely on draft picks after the fourth round to sort of count on the, you know, contributors that are going to necessarily fill your depth at those positions. Well, so let me ask well, you. Because you, okay. like, you think Chris Evans is a legitimate backup next year? No, but no. I think he's a legitimate backup backup. <laughs> So he's worth a roster spot, yeah. basically, but not. If, yeah, if, if you want to carry him as your third, as your third guy, I'm I'm fine with. Like that. you're saying, like, like I, make I him what Travion now, Williams was. You're talking about Chris Evans. Make him like. But what I think it, was. I think it. I think it. Sure, like I think it varies. Like if you're going to go into the year with Chris Evans as your third, maybe you need to kind of up the importance of running back a little bit. And I'm not saying you go out and you have to spend on a certain guy, but like you know, maybe you you draft a guy a little bit higher. But if you bring in, you know, I'm trying to I'm. Trying to think of a guy who's available that you could bring in that would be interesting. Um, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't have a name off the top of my head. But like, if you could bring in a guy who you think could legitimately take some reps, because Chris Evans did not last year. They they pretty clearly didn't uh, didn't trust him to do a whole heck of a lot. Like, if you bring in a guy and then he's your third, then I'm okay with kind of pushing down the importance and then just making it a mass um, a mass group effort at running back. So let me let me ask you this, Andrew. So you're saying if things are the way they are, you have Joe Mixon, Chris Evans. Don't worry about free agency. Don't even stress about it in the draft in terms of the running back position. But what if they do cut Joe Mixon? What, I mean, I know they. You're saying, oh well, they got rid of Samad. You said they keep Joe. What if Joe still gets cut? I mean, we don't know what's going to happen. I mean, that's still up in the air because he could be a post June first cut. I mean. At that point, then what do you do? Do you actually consider the free agent market? Do you take the draft more seriously? I mean, where, where where do you think they go at that point if that hypothetical comes up? Yeah, I mean, if you, I think the later that this goes, kind of the more you're the more you're talking about a situation where you know Joe Mixon's going to be around um, because you would think that if you were going to do a move to kind of give yourself cap space maybe go younger at the position, whatever, whatever the reasoning is, you would think that you would want to do that before free agency starts to give yourself that money, to give yourself that flexibility. So I, I think you're, I think it's pretty clear that Mixon is probably going to be around um, for, for 2023. And I think that it's kind of becoming more clear as the days go by, just that, you know, if you keep him, then, then that's fine, but you need somebody else. I, I don't know. I just I'm very down on the concept, like the idea of running backs. Um, I, I I just think that you can get you can get really serviceable help because this team doesn't. This team was not good running the ball last year in a lot of stretches. I mean, they were they were fine at some points, and they were. I mean, they had a few games where they were good, but you don't need to be the Ravens or the Bears or a team that's going to really ground and pound. Like, I think you can, you can kind of get by with some, with some young guys and some, you know, if you just get some guys that can play a different role, that's fine. So if you, if you cut Mixon, sure, but I just don't think you're going to cut him. I think you need somebody who's going to take a 50, 50 split next year. Uh, noted. Yeah. I think, and like you said, free agency officially opens up uh, tomorrow being Wednesday. So we'll see what happens, but, uh, like Mike said yesterday, and like he said a few minutes ago, I mean, other than re-signing Jermaine Pratt and some of the other smaller-time guys, I mean, you haven't really done anything in terms of not just external signings, but and you made a good point, Mike. I want to revisit this because it's even more relevant today. Like, you haven't gotten better. Like, you haven't even maintained your baseline 
of where you were last year, but you're, you're not even above that. Um, and of course, one of those positions, of course, is offensive tackle, which again, we understand the Lael Collins situation. We still don't know what's going to happen with that, but even if they want to look for depth, because like we said, Jonah Williams, Hakeem Adenogy, those guys are in contract years. There's not many options really uh, in terms of right tackle. Left tackle is different, but with right tackle being the priority, I mean, unless you want to consider George Fant, Jermaine Elamunor, and a bunch of other guys who are pretty much like in their early to mid-30s, the right tackle free agent class is not looking very deep. I mean, do the Bengals even pursue some of those options? And if not, I mean, what what do they need to do more of? Especially, I kind of want to ask you this, Michael, because you talked about this. I mean, what do you want to see more of in terms of urgency from the Bengals in like free agency? Well, they probably got to sign somebody, right? Like, but like, where um, where do you want to see them attack like <laughs> signings the most? Like, with what position? Is it tackle? Is it somewhere else? I'm not even thinking of. I mean, safety, of course, is one of them. But like beyond that, where do you see it? Well, I mean, like I said, I think I said a couple weeks ago, like you know, I think the pass rush is a sort of a area that they could really use somebody. Um, you know, I think tackle was an obvious place to upgrade. Um, but I mean, at some point now, as you keep losing people. Uh, it's going to be hard to spend money. I mean, you, you got to get a veteran safety. I mean, Lua and Rumo said as much basically today without saying that, you know, they're, they're evaluating guys, got some guys in mind and they'll, and they'll see, but you know, I, I'm not sure what their strategy is here yet. And I mean, it's yeah. obviously hasn't taken because they haven't signed anybody, but I am curious as to see where this money gets spent. Like, cause like say they don't even sign T Higgins to an extension. You know, we know Burrow's coming. But like, so then what? What are we doing here? You know, it's like, what? What are you gonna? What did you do to make this roster uh, Super Bowl caliber? Because a lot of the, you know, there's still talent available. But I mean, you know, I think uh, ESPN was grading the 40 grades for the, you know, moves so far. Uh, those are a lot of names um, so far. You know, so um, I mean, are, are you are you surprised, guys, that they haven't made any move here uh, to sign any external free agent over the first two days? I am. Not really. I am. Not really. Um, go ahead, Muhammad. Tell why you're why you're also not – or why you're surprised. Well, I mean, you just saw your two starting safeties who are some of the best at their position walk. I, I would have expected at least one signing today. And this is actually funny that I mentioned this because I've been seeing this on Twitter. CJ Gardner-Johnson, maybe I mentioned this yesterday. Not only has he been retweeting other Bengals players, but today Mike Hilton – who's like kind of their March free agent recruiter, unofficially speaking. Well, he made a recruiting pitch to CJ Gardner-Johnson after the one that Patrick Peterson didn't work out because he went to Pittsburgh, Mike Hilton's old team, ironically. But, I mean, CJ Gardner-Johnson retweeted that, and he just retweets a lot of tweets where it's like, okay, does this guy want to be in Cincinnati? I mean, if that's a move they eventually make, I'll say, okay, maybe I shouldn't be too shocked. But, like, if that's a guy that's showing somewhat of an interest from what it looks like on his social media – and the Bengals aren't going after that. I'm just like, like, like Mike said, where are we going? Like, what is happening? Um, edge rusher, yeah, they they should add someone. And I know, like Lou Anaruma said, they don't have a particular preference on like height and weight, you know, as far as who that is. But like, I think there's some decent edge rushers out there you could add behind who you've already got. I don't know. I think it's just the, the safety position is. I think they they there needs to be more emphasis on that because that was one of their strongest positions. Like in the last three years, even since Joe Burrow came. And I think that's a position that, yes, you're going to have some drop-off with Dax Hill and whoever they bring in, but, like, you really need to do what you can because you don't want a lot of drop-off 
at that position next year. And so, again, unless they're already going to make a move for one of these guys I'm thinking of, including CJ, cool. Otherwise, yeah, I'm a little bit surprised right now. Andrew? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I just kind of look at the – I think with the CJ Gardner-Johnson thing, like I, I think anybody will kind of look at this situation when they are actively getting recruited – uh, and you know, they'll, they'll hype it up and they'll be like, oh yeah, you know, they'll, I mean, everybody wants to be wanted. Right. And, and that includes NFL players. Um, so I, I don't know how much I'd read into that. Um, you know, cause I mean, Mike Hilton's not making the decisions for the Bengals. Um, that's for, that's for sure. So, um, but CJ's you know, doing the retweet. I, I don't know. He, I, I, he retweeted it. So he's clearly interested. And in- yeah, but I'm saying, I don't think that that matters. Um, I think that he's just, you know, if, if, if a team that's really good wants you, that's got to feel good, but it doesn't mean the Bengals are interested. Um, and I don't even like, I don't think it means that like, Oh, he retweeted us. We have to go get him now. Cause he's interested in coming here. Um, I just, I, I look at the, I look at this and we, if I don't know, it just kind of feels like we felt this or we knew this was coming. Right. Like we, when we talked about it, you know, on a, a couple of preview pods for free agency, we were like, yeah, you know, don't really anticipate any huge splashes. Like maybe if you're going to do one, it's going to be a right tackle, maybe here, maybe there. Like, I don't know. I think you can replace the depth that you're, that you've lost this week, at the end of this week, next week. Like we haven't really seen anything with the tight end market move yet. Like, I mean, I think it's a pretty easy world to just, you know, to say that like free agency technically hasn't even started yet. Yeah. Um, that's right. Like, I think that I, like, I guess technically it has, but technically it hasn't. It's a weird world. Um, but again, like, I just think that if you, you can make a pretty good case, I think that, you know, on Friday, the, the Bengals bring back Eli Apple and they bring back Hayden Hurst. And then they sign some depth running back insert name here. And, and then all of a sudden a week after that, they sign a safety who is going to come in and, and be like a maybe a potential starter. And then all of a sudden you go into the draft, you draft a safety, draft a running back, and everything's fine. Like, I don't know. It just kind of feels like like everybody just breathe, and then we'll we'll kind of see where this thing is at in, in like two weeks or so. Mike? Yeah, but I don't know. Would you be bargain hunting when you're one – one play away from the Super Bowl, like is that really what you're? It's a good point. Is that you know? It's like it's like it's like you've lost. I think everybody assumed that they'd take be patient in the world where they resigned one of their safeties, and so you didn't have like a gaping hole on the roster. Um, and right now, uh, I, I feel like you do. And like if you're just looking for bargains, um, and I get their what their cap situation is. I'm not saying like, oh, you were going to sign three top free agents, but right. Uh, to all you're going to get is bargains in the draft. It seems like a real miss, uh, a swing and a miss, um, you know, and maybe that's just the reality of that. This team just can't go beyond what they, you know, with Burrow and, and, you know, the pending free agents. But like I said, if the only extension you're signing is Burrow's, then the, the camp situation isn't sort of as what they were saying, you know, cause they said they were going to invest in their guys. Um, so, you know, kind of talking about what we'll see. Obviously, like you said, you know, you got to you got to wait till the end of the week. But, um, you know, I don't know if you just wait till the end of the week. It feels like you're going to be looking for bargains as opposed to trying to strike out and 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 make a makes make something happen when you've lost. You know, I think two you know key starters to this run the last couple of years. 
Well, when we come back, we're going to talk more about how aggressive the Bengals should be going off Mike's point. Plus, we're going to talk a little more about the importance of Lou Anarumo in the grand scheme of things moving forward in the 2023 and much more right here on the Strictly Stripes podcast. Hey there, it's Muhammad Ahmad from the Strictly Stripes podcast. You might be wondering, what exactly is Cincinnati Football Insider? Well, it's a community of fans who want the inside scoop on the Bengals and a direct connection to the Strictly Stripes podcast and the reporters who cover the team. And that would be me, Andrew Gillis, and Mike Nislick. It works like this. Andrew, Mike, and I will text your phone a few times a day with breaking news, analysis, and our insights on the Bengals. It's the inside scoop on what we're hearing, and we'll give you the inside word before it even hits social media. Being an insider is the best way to participate with the podcast and get in on special events and Zoom calls with me, Mike, and Andrew. And the best part is you can text us directly. It's a great way to cut through the clutter of Facebook, Twitter, other social media, and avoid the trolls for just $4.99 a month. Still not sure? Well, just try it for two weeks, and if you don't like it, you can text the word STOP at any time, but you won't want to cancel once you join the community of hardcore Bengals fans. Here's the best way to get on board. Go to cleveland.com slash Bengals, click on the blue banner at the top of the page, or if it's easier, text 513-940-4193. It's a great time to try the two weeks free, as we'll be reporting live from the NFL Combine in Indianapolis. Plus, we'll be covering free agency on the way to the NFL Draft in April. Give us a try for two weeks and see what you think. Just text this number again. It's 513-940-4193 and become an insider today. All right, and thanks for staying with us on the Strictly Stripes podcast. Kind of picking up where we left off, talking about uh, the sense of urgency that the Bengals could or should have uh, in free agency. You know, if you kind of have a, like, worry meter, from worry to not so worried or not caring at all, I mean, where is your all's kind of temperature on the worry meter? Are you really worried? Are you thinking that, you know, Duke Tobin and the front office has a master plan or do, is it really just hard to say? Cause like Mike said, I mean, the strategy is it's hard to say. I mean, we knew going into this that Duke Tobin said they weren't going to make a splash externally, meaning free agency, but are you worried that they're not splashing hard enough or splashing as much as they should be? No, I, I, I mean, I think it kind of goes back to what I was just saying. Like everybody knew that, I mean, I guess technically you didn't, nobody really knew until it, it actually happened, but everybody knew that Jesse Bates was leaving and that Dax Hill was coming in. Um, you know, everybody kind of knew that that situation was, was building ever since they drafted Dax Hill last year. So to me, that always felt like a one for one swap. So I know right now in the moment that it feels like you've lost, you know, Jesse Bates and you haven't replaced him, but you kind of had his replacement last year. So I don't know. You know, if that if that's necessarily the worry, P. Ryan, again, goes back to my running back debate. I think you need a safety. Uh, you absolutely need a safety that, that you can add in, in free agency and, and not just kind of a guy who is in the Michael Thomas mold where, you know, he's a key special teams contributor and, and kind of not much else. Um, you know, you need somebody who can play, you know, starting minutes for you uh, in, in your safety core. Um I think you probably, you know, I think you need to, I think you need to add a guy and then you need to draft a guy and that can get you right back, uh, right back to where you want to be with, with kind of somebody building in the pipeline. But yeah, I, I don't know. My, my worry meter is pretty low. Um, I, I just don't have, uh, I, I just don't, you know, if I were a Bengals fan, I, I think if you're worried and you're a Bengals fan right now, I would just say stay calm and then, you know, kind of see where you're at in a week. 
Well, for, so if, oh, are we t- we're talking about from a perspective of a Bengals fan? Because I don't worry at all. I don't care. But well, um, that, yeah, but, the, that, that's what I was. That's what I took it as. Yeah. Okay. I, um. You, you know, in terms of a Bengals fan, I would just be frustrated. Like, you know, you want them, You want your team to. I don't know. I feel like, um, like I said, when you're this close, you need to move. And uh, right now, they, they are, are not um, obviously involved in kind of the conversation. Um, and you've seen, I think, teams that um, were close last year, um, you know, makes make some make some moves. Um, and you're you're kind of being left on the outside right now. Uh, like I said, you got to be patient because maybe it flips here in a couple of days. But um, as the days go by, you know. Uh, the play, the desirable players uh, are getting, you know, uh, signed up. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, like if you look at some of the names at like the right tackle position, I mean, un- unless you want to go with, I'm a little biased because I actually know him personally. I mean, George Fant or some of the other guys who are in that price age range, and this is just right tackle. I'd have to look at the other positions. We talked about running back a little bit. Nothing's moved much in the tight end market. Like even then. In all those areas, you lost some of the bigger name guys, even if you think you can get them for a good price. So, I mean, look, if they want a bargain hunt and they feel comfortable with that, we'll see how much of a gamble uh, that is and maybe where that plays into the draft. But to kind of shift back the focus in-house, um, we talked a lot about this yesterday, and I don't think there's really much to discuss here. But, of course, uh, Jermaine Pratt is back. You know, he said that his goal isn't a second contract. It's a third deal in a Lombardi trophy. So clearly he's really motivated to be with a winning team that has Joe Burrow. And he talked about that, but you know, with Burrow, we, we already know that he's a draw for free agents. He was a draw for Hayden Hurst. He was a draw for Ted Karras. I mean, we've talked about that. Um, but you know, with Luana Rumo being back, we already talked about the continuity him and Brian Callahan bring, you know, he didn't explicitly say he came back because of Louis kind of smiled at that and said, eh, did I come back because of that? TBD, but I, you know, he kind of gave that away. And I think that kind of poses the question of like, was this actually like a big deal for the Bengals that they have Lou Andrew Because I mean, as far as other free agents go, like, I don't know maybe where he fit into the equation, but like, th- does that really show the importance of coaching continuity or is it just one guy where it's like, Oh, Lou brought back one guy. So what? Like, where do you kind of stand on that? I don't know. I, I, don't I think – For other free agents, no. I think it made a difference yeah. for a guy that was on the team. But yeah. I don't think it's a draw for anybody else, to be honest. Like outside yeah, of Yeah, I, I think um, – That's played for Right. Him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, like kind of – I think I mentioned this last week. Like people like to stay where their stuff is. Um, you know, everybody kind of in a dream scenario, unless you actively hate your situation, you like to stay with the coaches, you know, the scheme, you know, the players, you know, the teammates, you know, um, you know, everybody would kind of just like that. And, you know, he got asked explicitly, you know, did you, did you test the market? And he said, I knew what I wanted to do. So I don't know. I, I think it's just one of those things where when you kind of weigh all options, um, you know, you've got a defensive coordinator that you trust, a defensive coordinator that trusts you sitting on a team that was one play away from winning the Super Bowl last year, or I guess technically two years ago now, um, two seasons ago, you're a play away from going to the Super Bowl this past season. You got a quarterback that's it's really good. I, I just think there was a, it was a culmination of things. Um, and I, uh, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, when you kind of look at it in totality, it, uh, it just kind of made sense for him, especially if the money was going to be pretty equal elsewhere. 
Yeah, interesting. I mean, that's a good point. I mean, I think any player in a situation like Jermaine Pratt would have said, yeah, I can make my money. I can be with the winning guy. I can get my ring with Joe Burrow, yada, yada, yada. But, again, I know I, my take on this is that Louis Narumo is one of the better coordinators, especially now that, you know, D'Amico Ryan is the head coach. I mean, amongst a few other names, I still think Louis Narumo is at the top. And, again, I don't know if, like, there's three agents sitting, like, thinking, like, oh, my gosh, Louis Narumo is – the reason why I want to go to Cincinnati. I mean, I don't think it's like that explicit, but I'm sure they're looking at what he did last year. And, you know, the fact that he's one of the few coordinators who can lock down Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, you know, and I think a lot of people saw what the Bengals defense did, even though they weren't like a top 10, I don't even think a top 15 defense, but I think that was just something that kind of stood out to me as like, you know, I get it. They, they've been together for four years. It'll be year five together, but you could also say, well, maybe it's not just Jermaine Pratt. Maybe that could be a sign of something bigger. But we'll never truly know unless the bangs. But once again, for myself, Andrew, and Mike, I'm Muhammad Ahmad. Thanks for joining us on this Tuesday night. We'll catch you on Wednesday.